You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. Each week, we encourage and equip moms for this worthy journey of motherhood. I'm Val Harrison, mom to seven and wife to rich for 28 years. That all means the Lord definitely gets an earful of prayers every day from this mama regarding Team Harrison. It also means on this podcast, we talk about all ages and stages of motherhood. Mom, can I walk your journey with you a little each week? I'm going to share practical solutions, encouragement, and sometimes I'm going to tell you the hard things to motivate you to change, but it's all because I love you and I want victory for your family. Let's get started with More Intentional right now. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom Podcast. The place for an intentional mom and their kids to build a strong family. Today we're going to focus on you guys, the listeners, and some questions you have. And we're going to hear a practically speaking answer from the practically speaking mom, which is our mom, by the way. (laughs) Yes, I'm Abby, and this is my little sister. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Emma. Yeah. Or yo. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the first one is from a listener named Rochelle. And she said, good day, Val. I just wanted to let you know that I have shared your podcasts and things with some of my friends here in South Africa, especially my single mom friends. One of my friends came to me this morning all excited, saying that her cousin in a completely different part of the country went to a parenting class on discipline and they were playing your podcast and using your information as part of their church class. You are international. (laughs) That was super fun to get that today. So I just loved it. How cool of God that he allowed us to know that this was going on. I mean, he can be doing good things all over the place. You know, all of us, all of us, no matter who we are, there's ripple effects from the good that we do. Mm, yeah. And we we aren't going to get to know most of those till we're in heaven. But how very special for me and for you girls too, because you participate in producing this podcast. How neat that God would allow us just that little glimpse into heaven now. You know, a little picture of what a difference we're making. I love it. That was really cool. So we have registered listeners in over 15, 50, <laughs> five zero countries. Some current statistics, according to Chartable Apple Podcasts, in the parenting category, we are number eight in Mexico, number four <laughs> in Thailand, and number eight in India. So uh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, to, that's great. Yeah, I to, love that. To take a look at some of those and to be able to pray for the different moms and families in those countries. And so my heart especially goes out to our listeners today in South Africa, in Mexico, in Thailand, and in India. Thank you for listening. And we are praying for you even right, right now. And to the listeners in Australia, I would like you to teach us your accent, because I love it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Emma, I think you have a listener review. Oh, yes, it does look like I do. I so wish I had the Practically Speaking Mom when I was raising my kids. The great thing is I can now apply the lessons I'm learning to my precious grandbabies. That's from Tina, so thanks. That is awesome. 
And I have to say to that, so since I have kids in all these different age groups, from me being a grandma to me having grown kids, young adult kids, college-age kids, high school kids, middle school kids, <laughs> um, it, and then, of course, being around my grandkids that are preschool age, of almost five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Three and four-year-olds. Yeah, in yeah. September. Okay. Yeah, They're so, so cute. And we're going to have a granddaughter soon. Uh, so what a wonderful season of life I'm in that I have all these different categories of ages that are in my life. And I think God just has orchestrated that this is my time to share with all of these moms. And my another one of my prayers is that you moms, when I have something on, that is from a different age category than what your kids are, still be listening to that so that you can impact mamas in those other categories. You don't know when God's going to bring somebody into your life that day or next week that may need those words. And scripture tells us older women be mentoring the younger women, uh, which also means that the younger women need to be uh, receptive to the mentoring of the older women. And you know, Emma, Abby, and Emma, <laughs> you both have people in your life that God expects you to mentor as well. Well, I was also thinking that about all the women in my life, older women who have ministered to me and mentored me, like both my small group leaders have been such an important part of my spiritual journey and mom, obviously. And then just women, like older women who have really helped me in my spiritual journey. Yeah, we definitely want to be praying that God brings quality mentors into our kids' lives because I, I know that tendency is there for us to want to hoard all the mentorship to ourselves with our kids. But the fact is, other people are going to influence them. So we need to be praying for those people. Well, influence. and as a high schooler and as a middle schooler, I had to pursue women to meet with me weekly. Like I asked the youth pastor's wife to meet with me weekly. And like, I've asked women to mentor me when I was in middle school and high school. Right. And you didn't have to, it's just that there's benefit once you get to around that age Mm -hmm. to have those other mentorships. Emma's signaling something (laughs) to us. What are you trying to say, Emma? Well, here's another comment. Uh, well, <laughs> okay, she's ready to move on. We're done. <laughs> okay. Okay. Emma. Okay. So this is from April, and it says, "Your wise words are ringing in my heart this morning. Thank you for your obedience. I'm remembering your comment that we can push our kids to God's banquet table, but instead let them see us feasting with the Father and invite. In this season of transition from my child to adult." I so often want to push, trying to turn that useless natural urge into spiritual warfare. You do important work. Thanks for your transparency. (laughs) April, who shared this, she's kind of at a similar season that I'm in where she has some kids that are becoming adults. And we want to keep parenting them in similar ways spiritually, but it is a different season of life. In this season, we don't push them to God's banquet table. But that's different from at the younger ages in things like, am I going to make my child read the Bible or go to church with us or watch good Christian videos and stuff like that? And the answer to that is, yes, they're at a different stage, a season where we are supposed to be a strong and primary influence in their lives. And by us making truth very clear to them, 
that gives stability. Then later on, when they're at the age where they're supposed to be learning to be independent and decision-making as young adults, of course, that's a totally different time. So, okay, let's move on. Abby has a listener that she's going to share some from, and this one sent in quite a few questions. So we're going to kind of break this one up. Okay, so first, this listener said, You've been an inspiration and encouragement to me lately. I have five kids, currently eight months to 12 years, and already do a lot of what you talk about, but it's so great to be reminded. Then she asked a question. She said, I just recently found your podcast on Spotify and wanted to ask you a question. You mentioned having a money jar that the family contributed to when someone yelled or disobeyed or whatever you're working on. But where does the money go when the jar is full? Putting it towards something fun or positive for the family would only be rewarding all of that negative behavior, no? So I was curious. Can you girls first explain what she's talking about, about the money jar? And then you guys can answer this part of the question, what we did with the money. Yeah, the money jar was like if you started arguing with like your sibling or something. Or started talking back to mom and dad. Yeah, or... or whatever you were working on. Like each of us had picked something that we were working on to improve. Well, sometimes you picked what we needed to improve. That's true. (laughs) Sometimes we can't always see what we need to work on. And I also was had something that I was working on as well. So, yeah, every time you would do what you are working to stop doing, you would put in 50 cents or a dollar or however. Depending on your income flow. Like, if I had a job, then I would put a little bit more than Emma, who was finding money wherever she could, like in the laundry. (laughs) Just a little scavenger. (laughs) To pay for her money. Well, well, when we were when we first moved here, I was literally finding pennies all the time on the floor. <laughs> literally. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that we said you had to put in two coins. It could be any coins. Wow. Just, just whatever two coins. So or, sometimes it was pennies, sometimes it was dimes. Okay, so what did we do with that money? Oh, one time we used it towards like international like an organization that would give food to a homeless family or it was a, always a Christian organization that we that would help spread the gospel in these countries that needed help. Yeah, sometimes we would pick an organization, but I do think that we used it at least once on a fun outing for the family and kind of saw it as, you know what, we've been working on this good for us. Let's celebrate that mm-hmm. because that's something yeah. to celebrate too. A lot of these things that we do as we are working on improving ourselves, which is something we should do our entire lives. So when you are doing this with your kids, any any activity that helps them improve their character, you're really giving them the habits of improving over time their whole life. You might look back on an episode, Raising a Luke 252 Kid. I'll put a link in the show notes because I think it had another title with it. But anyway, it's literally about picking four goals in four different categories. You pick one goal per category that you're working on each semester. And it's based on Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in wisdom, so an academic goal. Jesus grew in stature, so a physical goal. Jesus grew in favor with God, so that's your relationship with God. How does that need to grow and 
What change could I be making there? And favor with man, how can I grow socially? Or how can I improve a character quality that impacts other people? Or maybe there's some manner I need to work on. So each of the kids, I had four things each semester that I was really focusing on and praying about for their growth. We should be living a lifestyle of growing in all the aspects of our life. So it's not something that we necessarily have to see as punishment when we do something like a money jar. It's also just us working together to overcome something. Well, that Luke 2.52 page that mom sells is one of my favorite things to tell people about and to talk about when I'm at her booth, like selling stuff, because I know that our family has such a strong heritage in prayer that I know my great-grandparents prayed for me, my grandparents prayed for me, and my parents prayed for me, and I know how much that changes my life. Like, sometimes I can be going through something, and something just changes, and I'm like, someone has been praying for me. I can feel it. And so you might not find immediate yield from that prayer, but you know that it is changing their life, even though you can't see it at that time. Because I know it's changing my life, even though they haven't seen it. Like, my great-grandparents passed away when I was little. And they didn't get to see their the fruition, but now I know that their prayers are still being poured out on me, and that's really special to me. Which it says in scripture that the prayers of the saints are bottled up like incense to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, before we go on with the next part of this question, uh, you brought up a booth, and that reminds me that this past weekend, we were all in Wichita, Kansas, where I taught a workshop there, and then... Yeah, you guys helped at my booth. It was so much fun. If you ever want mom to come speak, ask for her daughters to come too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's go on to the rest of this question. Okay. She went on to say, Yesterday when I was making dinner, I was listening to your podcast, and you were talking about using a soft and loving voice. Just as one of my kids came running in, screaming and crying because the job was too hard that I had given them, and they didn't want to do it. My nature is to become the commander general in a harsh, firm tone, but just having you in my kitchen reminding me to keep a soft tone was so, so helpful. I really enjoy listening to all you have to say. It's really been speaking to me where I am at. I bought two of your books yesterday, and they arrived today, and my son already finished Clash in Your Home. Hope he's learning too. Wow, that's great. I love that. The next question she asked was a question I've been feeling lately. How do I remember it all? Working with kids on chores, praising kids after certain things, what's next, teaching moments, etc., etc., etc. Like I said, I have five kids with a four-year age gap between the first two. He feels very much in the middle between adulthood and child, feeling he can't really identify with any of us fully, which has caused some frustration, I think. I talk till I'm blue in the face the importance of effort, trying to have a good attitude, praying with him. He just acts like he doesn't care about trying, and my inconsistency in remembering things hasn't helped. I can't keep it all straight and feel overwhelmed with trying to keep to our daily schedule. Homeschool, meals, chores, cleaning, grocery shopping, etc. Any advice or a podcast episode to point me to? Okay, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mamas, since there are several important questions from Chelsea, I thought that I'll just go ahead and answer them separate from the girls. But no worries, they will join us back at the end. Thank you, Chelsea, for giving me permission to use your questions on the podcast. You know what I hear in your first question that says, how do we get it all done? And how do I keep it all straight and remember everything? 
I hear a mom who cares, a mom who's trying, a mom who's engaged in the life of your family. You know, our negative feelings a lot of times, as a mom, I mean, whether they're overwhelm, feelings of falling short, worry for our kids, or when we realize we've really blown it about something, any of those negative feelings mean we care deeply, and that's great. So keep caring deeply even though you may be feeling some negative things. Now, there's a a whole nother set of negative emotions we can feel, and that is shame and self-condemnation. I say in my book, Wearing All Your Hats Without Wearing Out, that we have a target on our back by the enemy. He wants to discourage us and immobilize us. He wants to make us believe that if we're not doing perfectly, then we're not doing well, that we're failing. But you need to ask yourself some questions like, am I progressing? Is there growth in me and how I'm doing at managing it all? Another question is, am I trying to do it all? Because you don't want to do it all. You just want to oversee it all. Let's say this morning, for example, I put a load of laundry in the washer and then I go in the kitchen and see some dishes that needed to be put away And I'm just routinely in my mind asking myself, is this a job only I can do? Because there's a whole bunch of jobs only I can do. And if it's not, if it's one others can do in the family, who's the youngest one that can do it? And are they already overloaded? Like, what does their life look like right now? If they can handle adding, putting the dishes away into their life, then I give them that responsibility because our kids need that. Now, I might have looked at it and said, you know what, the youngest one, she already has a lot going on this morning. She's stressed about something or I've given her a lot. Let me give to the next one. I I do try to keep it what's best for their individual life and a relatively balanced amount based on their ages and all that good stuff, right? So I'm just in the habit of asking myself, is this something only I can do? And if not, is there someone else in the house that it would be good for them to do this? Another thing I do when I'm feeling really overwhelmed is I sit down with some paper and pen and I brainstorm a list of all of the things that are stressing me out. And then I identify what one is the most stressful and what can I do about it? Is it something that I cannot eliminate from my life? If it's not, then I need a mental game plan, an emotional game plan of how I'm going to set boundaries around my emotions and my mental perspective about it. Or is it something I can change? And again, I'm looking at the biggest one, the one that adds the most stress, and I'm tackling it first. I'm getting a game plan for that. Now you asked, are there any podcasts that might address your questions? And so I will point you in the direction of a few. The first one is, if you have identified that one of the big stressors and feeling of overwhelm is that the kids are not listening the first time you say something, listen to episode five. Or maybe you you feel like the biggest issue is that your kids aren't following through with tasks or chores, then listen to episode seven. Or there's actually a podcast episode we have, episode 10, that is called Overwhelmed? Question mark. Reduce chaos one system at a time. So one of those three might be helpful to you. I could actually go on and on because this is just a big part of what I'm passionate about in this ministry is really helping moms feel equipped 
and encouraged to tackle their responsibilities in life. Okay, let's move forward to your questions about your son. So let me encourage you to do a few things. One, start adjusting the way you're communicating with him and even tell him, maybe even sitting down with your husband and the two of you or his dad. So the two of you get on a game plan ahead of time that we want to start showing him and telling him messages of, I believe in you and God has equipped you for this season of your life. You are ready to start maturing towards adulthood. And so we're going to adjust some of the things that we have you do around here that are partnering with you to move effectively and successfully towards adulthood. You know, send him messages, I believe in you. And also along those lines, start asking his opinion on things. Like if you're in a situation and, you know, get his feedback. Hey, I'd really like your feedback on these dilemmas that I'm trying to solve today. I did this very thing earlier today with Abby, actually, while we were driving somewhere. I had some questions that I wanted her feedback on that will really help you bond with your adolescent child. So another thing you can do is get on the same page with his dad about starting to give him things to do at home that are conquering things. You know, things like putting in some new fence posts or diagnosing a computer problem or fixing the broken dryer or mowing the lawn or changing the oil. Big conquering tasks that help him to see that he is capable of overcoming obstacles that he's going to go over or under or around or through anything that comes his way. He's an overcomer. Now, I think partly our kids at this age are yearning for some obstacles to tackle, but I also think for many of them, they're struggling with the question, do I have what it takes to navigate this world successfully as an adult? And, And not just career success, but life in general. So our adolescent kids need mountains to climb and they need obstacles to overcome. They need to be pushed out of their comfort zone and see that they can handle it and that it feels great to conquer things. So this is you partnering with his dad and with him and with God in this season of growing him to a strong adult. I have two books to recommend to you. The first one is called Mother and Son, The Respect Effect by Dr. Emerson Eggerts. And I hope I'm saying his last name right. He wrote the book Love and Respect that is widely popular and so awesome. It is awesome for every relationship in your life, but especially your marriage relationship. But this one is Mother and Son, The Respect Factor. So good, has so many practical applications of how to say things that'll build that relationship. The second book I want to recommend is The Way of the Wild Heart by John Eldridge. This is not Wild at Heart. That's his most popular book. But this book that I'm saying is The Way of the Wild Heart. This book talks about the different stages of a boy's life from a young boy to an old man and kind of what they're looking for in those stages. It was a real eye-opener for us. It will equip you to really handle this stage and future stages with your son. And also, I think you'll find it effective even for your daughters, and it will be great for your husband. 
my husband and I listened to it on audio, or at least he listened to it on audio. I read the book and then we were able to discuss so helpful and effective for your relationships, but especially in parenting your son. So I hope those are helpful. Hey moms, guess what is coming next week on the podcast? We're going to be talking about pinball parenting and you'll just have to listen next week to find out what that is. I'm going to let the girls take us out now. Thank you, Abby and Emma, for joining me today. So long, farewell, Avido, say goodnight, adieu, adieu, to you and you and you, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. The place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. Bye. Do 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 do.